Successful retirement planning means controlling risk and generating income throughout your retirement. Today's podcast, we show you how to do just that, even with today's challenging and confusing conditions. Please stay with us. Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade. Fred Sade is founder and managing director of the firm Money Matters USA, a Ph.D. in economics from Duke University, and a lot of knowledge and experience uh, into what Fred specializes in, and that is retirement planning. And this is episode 119 for Money Matters USA, the podcast delivered every week to you, uh, delivered uh, uh, hot and fresh, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The hot light is on for Fred Sade right now. Uh, we've got uh, some good stuff to get into. And of course, Fred always gives you things to consider in your retirement planning process. And certainly the state of the economic union has people across the country a bit worried about what the future holds, and especially those entering that financial red zone and getting close to retirement. Now we've got to think about, well, will the current economic conditions change the course and trajectory of my retirement? But Fred's got some answers. And actually, we're going to borrow uh, some of the uh, wisdom from some outside sources as well, starting out with uh, Campbell Harvey, professor of finance at Duke University, Fred's alma mater. Harvey yes. joined Squawk Box to discuss the Fed's inflation fight and provide some historical context to offer perspective regarding the economic forecast for the year ahead. Recession at this point is a self-inflicted wound. If you look at what's happening, the tightening is very severe and it's not just a short rate going up so quickly, it's the long rate too. Uninversions happen before recessions, the last four recessions. But in this particular episode, the long rate has gone up and the long rate is very damaging. It increases the cost of capital, makes it difficult for businesses to invest, it craters the housing market with mortgages at 8%. This causes implications. And indeed, our financial system, so our banks, are taking a hit right now. All of this points to weakness in 2024. Uh-oh. Well, what are your thoughts on Mr. Harvey's analysis? Uh, I, I don't disagree with, uh, with all the things that he is pointing out. All the, everything that he said uh, is, is true. That we are we are in uh, a no man's land because we've never been in this type of situation before. So nobody has a um, point of view, an ethos, an explanation that that will actually properly explain what we are uh, experiencing. But there's no question. Uh, in my mind, that uh, that, n- that nothing that he he's talking a lot about symptoms, and and the challenge is you know in in trying to figure out what the causes are, but that's where the disagreement uh, happens to be. Uh, what are the causes? And you can can build a case 
for just about any anything that you, you know, that you want to that you want to prove, and I say prove with with, with air quotes. So, uh, if you're in the financial red zone, you have you have a lot to be concerned about right now, uh, and you really want to avoid. Uh, being driven by by behavioral quirks and by and by uh, and by emotions and and pay close attention to um, to managing and controlling as much risk as you possibly can, and it is possible to control a lot of risk. Now there are some non-diversifiable risks that you can't control. But there, there's a lot that you can control, and if you can control risk, you can control income. If you don't control risk, you will not be able to uh, control income. So this is this is this is the time where you where what you think is true may be true, may not be mm-hmm. true. So care, being careful, uh, and ju- just sitting on the fence is not going to help you. That that's stasis. Stasis requires an enormous amount of energy, and it doesn't improve. It doesn't. It doesn't improve your situation. It actually may worsen it. it, it trying to stand still doesn't work. Right, right. Well, this one may make us feel a little better. Jeremy Siegel, Professor Emeritus of Finance at University of Pennsylvania's Warden School of Business, uh, joins the conversation to discuss the latest market trends, rising treasury yields, and more. I, I was looking at the deal. We're, you know, we're 10% off the low. We just entered correction territory uh, for the S&P. We did it a few days earlier for NASDAQ. We're 15% off of that October low of last year. And and I went back 50 years, and if that October low holds, which I very strongly believe that it will, returns in the market over the next one, two, five, 10 years are very, very good. In other words, if you can invest 15% off of a bear market low, which is what we had a year ago, your subsequent returns have exceeded the market by quite a margin. Well, a little more hopeful. Your thoughts, Fred? Well, Professor Siegel uh, is known for for his uh, optimism about the equity markets, and he believes that uh, over the long haul, the equity markets will always come out on top, and that you should always be invested for the long haul. Now, when he talks about his personal situation, and, and from time to time he does when he's on the uh, wisdom tree um programming. He does program. He is an advisor to Wisdom Tree, and there are the Wisdom Tree portfolios and the Siegel portfolios. And, um, you know, he has no hesitation about uh, about treasuries and, and other, you know, and, and other forms of diversification. So Siegel will never badmouth, um, you know, the market. Now, I do think uh, still, still within the context of controlling risk, yeah, you do you do need uh, some equity uh, growth to offset your consumption uh, of assets, and you need it to offset longevity risk. Now, longevity risk is non-diversifiable risk. You, uh, nobody can give anybody else their 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 longevity, their life expectancy risk. You may live longer, you may live shorter. 
you know, no way, no way that anybody can play God and, and know mm-hmm. uh, when that is going going to be. But uh, on on uh, as long as you have uh, some kind of guide rails up to protect yourself uh, against getting harmed uh, significantly in in the equity markets. I mean, the markets go up, the markets go down. I mean, um, modern portfolio theory is still telling you that you only have a 50% chance. So you can't, you can't just ignore that. Uh, and um, theoretically, on paper, uh, you know, you can, you can show that uh, the more money you have invested in equities over the long haul, the better off you're, you're, you will be. Well, try telling an 85-year-old man that he ought to have 100% or 85% or 90% or 75%, pick the number, uh, of his assets in, or her assets invested in the equity markets, and they're going to look at you like you're insane. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do it. Uh, so, yeah, you can spreadsheet that and say that, yeah, in, in, in an academic setting, it makes perfect sense. But in the real world, you still have to manage uh, risk. Otherwise, you, you will find uh, that you're, you, you will face your, your greatest fear, you know, which is running out of uh, money um, through, uh, before your retirement uh, ends. And so while I don't disagree with Professor Siegel over the long haul, I, I do think you have to put some uh, guide rails up there and have and have some restraint as as to how much you you want to risk uh, in in the equity market because don't forget it is it is a risk there is no guarantee that what you do is going to be uh, successful so it, it's it's a question of how much how much are you willing to lose and that's what risk tolerance is all about risk tolerance in the most basic term is uh, in, in the event that the market goes south how much money are you willing to lose that's what risk tolerance is going to tell you so i think you, I, I i don't disagree with siegel over the long haul i find them interesting uh, you know but uh, i'm not i'm not buying that it, that that the solution is equities and treasuries. Now, that may be Professor Siegel's solution, but that's not the best solution uh, for, for everyone because everybody's retirement is different. And, and there's no template today. Yeah, um, well, there's definitely not. Uh, the great thing is you don't have to go it alone with this, and that is where Fred Sade comes in. I'll just mention the number how you can reach out to Fred, 800-593-8188, 800-593-8188. Well, let's uh, go to risk here and um, risk tolerance. Jim Kramer is going to round things out by sharing his thoughts on the outlook for the emotional investor out there. I'm always telling you that nobody ever made a dime panic. Because the market does a very poor job of taking care of sellers who want to exit all at once. In fact, sellers who exit en masse get hurt. The house of pain. Much worse than buyers who try to come in at the same time. Just like a route at a stadium, if everyone tries to leave all at once, well, you know what happens. The asymmetry is well known to professional money managers, although that might surprise you, given how often these guys come on, come on our air to foment panic. Hey, what's that about? I also like to remind you that even in the ugliest environments, good things can happen. And 
And that's why it's important to know your stocks and know your companies. Otherwise, I know you're going to get swept away by your emotions because that's the way people are. And if you let other people sway your emotions by their actions, you tend to sell at the bottom. Well, uh, yeah. How do you help people with the emotions, keep them in check? Well, that that that's early in the planning process uh, where we talk about how much risk we're going to take in the portfolio, which is why we talk about the golden 5 and 10% uh, loss. So we try to keep losses within that range. Now, maybe it goes to 11, but we, we want to be within 5 or 10%. And um, it, it, recovery from from that kind of loss is very quick, and it's not and it's not catastrophic. Uh, if you lose 30, 40, 50 percent of your assets, it does become catastrophic. Uh, so, I mean, if, if you have two million uh, in assets, you you have a lifestyle uh, that is whatever it is, but it's a it's it's a comfortable lifestyle. If you lose half of that your lifestyle changes. If you have a million dollars and you lose half of that, you have 500,000. Well, you keep on doing the math uh, on this and you can see that, uh, that the, greater, the greater the loss, the, the more impact it has on your lifestyle and it will also affect uh, your amount of, of income, which is why we keep on talking all the time about the use of, of income annuities, because the ability to spend is not compromised uh, by what happens in, in the equity markets. That money will be there, will be there every month. And we know that people who have regular recurring income have happier retirements and are able to spend more freely, and they don't have to worry about what's going to happen uh, in the equity market. Now, as far as Kramer goes, he's right on. on. On our Money Matters website, we have a tab called Fear, and, and we, when we uh, have a, a um, graphic that shows the cycle of, of, of how fear develops as, as the market uh, progresses from peak to trough. And the 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 retail investor does exactly what Kramer, Jim Cramer says, that they, you buy, they, they buy high and they sell low, they follow the crowd. And this is not to say that you necessarily want to ride everything down. You have to be willing to admit that you made a mistake uh, and, and, and move on and move on from there. Kramer is not wrong uh, about saying it. Uh, we, we frequently see portfolios that have an enormous amount of, of risk. People don't necessarily understand how much risk they're taking. Mm -hmm. And as I've said before, if they want to take an enormous amount of risk that is outside of their risk tolerance and their risk capacity, fine. They can do that in their own trading account. But we're not going to do it. We, we want to stay within a loss range of 5 to 10%. And that and that's will get you through... Um, Comfortable growth, it, you, you will have protected income, and you'll be able to grow your assets and, and meet your other needs. But this is, again, uh, issues of, of, uh, of controlling your money. You can control your money. That's, that's, the, that's the message that I keep on trying to get across to people. You can make your money do what you want it to mm -hmm. do, not what your current advisor wants you to do or, or Wall Street wants you to do or whatever. 
you can control your money and it will do for you what, exactly what you want it to do. Then you can stop worrying about your money and enjoy life and enjoy your retirement as opposed to worrying about your money. And, uh, and, and the other point that's worth making here, of what Kramer is implying, uh, as I see it, is that there's just too much information out there, even when you are a specialist uh, like I am, and my range of, of uh, is narrow. I still have to join uh, in in study group uh, because it's impossible for any person to know everything about about even even a particular subject. It's just the knowledge explosion is just unbelievable. So. It's not, it's not just a matter of keeping on studying, but also interacting uh, with other people. So you could sharing information, sharing ideas. Maybe they read something that you didn't see or weren't aware of or you skipped over and, and you see something that they didn't see. Or maybe it's a good book that, uh, that, that you haven't read yet and somebody else has. And they said, yeah, it, you want to re- read this section of, of the book. It's worth the price of admission. That kind of thing. Yeah. This is all important. I like what you say about you being in control. There's some things we can't control or the economy or something that may come out of Washington. But as much as we can be in control, I know that is um, that's Fred's mission in working with you. Uh, a little information on Fred, and then we're back with something uh, different on the podcast. Kind of this, well, it's in, in line with what we're talking about. Uh, but it's actually, we're going to be addressing the questions that your comprehensive and a good comprehensive retirement plan should have the answers for. That is coming up on Money Matters USA. And now a nightmare retirement consultation. Yeah, no pain, no gain, right? No risk, no reward, right? We're going all risk, see? We're gonna put everything you got in the market. You're gonna love it. Don't walk, run from that office and go to your future retirement partner who has your best interest in mind with a retirement plan that includes growth, protection, and income so you can sleep well at night. Call Fred Sade at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. The website is moneymattersusa.net, and that is another way to reach out to Fred. And and actually, you can hear the other podcasts I mentioned are, are opening here. This is podcast 119, where there are 118 other ones. At that pot at the uh, website moneymattersusa.net, just uh, click podcast, and you, we've got a little write up on each one. You can scroll through and listen at your leisure. That's listening on demand, definitely. But also click that red light program tab and learn about the red light on the dashboard uh, program that's designed to help make sure that you do not outlive your money. Uh, you don't want to do that. You want your money to outlive you. Uh, that's also at moneymattersusa.net. What we're talking about income in retirement and comprehensive planning in retirement, uh, it, it can be complex. It can certainly seem complex. What should a good comprehensive plan address? That's what Fred's going to run through here and multiple bullet points because that's what's necessary in good comprehensive retirement planning. So let's just start out maybe, I guess, to say what's Social Security claiming, Fred. How about that one? And and especially if you're married. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, b- because um, the defined benefit pension plan is not as prevalent as it as it used to be, uh, Social Security has has stepped up 
and has become uh, the most basic form of, of uh, retirement uh, income for, for most Americans. Uh, if you're married, you, you, want, you want to have a claiming strategy that's going to maximize the income flow because once one of the spouses dies, one of the Social Security uh, benefits disappears. So you want to have a maximum, you want to have that maximum strategy. <clears throat> and because, there, because Social Security is so needlessly uh, complicated and complex, uh, it, it's important to, to work with someone who has very comprehensive uh, Social Security planning strategies that they can come through the software. And then you can do the uh, a best strategy, a middle strategy, and, and the worst strategy, at least three. And if that doesn't work, you know, you can customize the, uh, the strategies. Now, you can see where the joint life break-evens uh, are, and you can, and you can see w what happens uh, at, at every age combination. Uh, so for couples, it, it's important to know where you're, how you're going to handle the Social Security. And don't expect that Social Security is going to give you advice that they can't. They're prohibited. And, and don't expect that the Social Security people are your friend. They're not. Uh, they're, they're, hot, they're real hard to work with. And so um, it's important that you that you get that really laid down flat, like you know, carpet. Get it. Get get that down. And if the circumstances change, then you know it can be retweaked a little bit. But you want to know what your base is, so then you can see what what your gaps are, and then how you, how you're going to fill in the gapping. Um, when both of you are alive, and then how you're going to fill the gap when the survivor uh, is is living out the rest of, of their life? Probably, probably the wife. Women tend. We know. We all know. Women tend to outlive men. But you know what? It, it could be the husband that out survives. Mm -hmm. So you, I mean, it, you you have to assume that, that the wife will survive. But again, no no guarantees here. This is risk that you just you know. It is what it is. Yeah. And well, you do have to consider it. I, and you're right about the Social Security Administration. I mean, they can answer questions. They can't. They can't help you with it. Um, and uh, they're not going to. I mean, that's where someone like Fred can come in with Social Security strategies and maximization. What about budgeting and taxes? And as far as how it it should change uh, through the course of retirement. You know, with those three stages: go, go, slow, go, and no go years. I yeah. would imagine expenses change throughout. Yeah, they do. Uh, the, the, you know, the first step, of course, is to have a written plan. That's imperative. But after, but as part of the written plan, we need a budget. If there's no budget, we're kidding ourselves. There's no commitment to, to any kind of, of spending plan. So we need to have a budget. Then we need to know how are the assets arranged, the taxable, tax deferred, tax-free, uh, what is it going to be? So because if, if for assets that are tax-deferred, you, you have to hypothecate what the, what the tax bracket is going to be. Tax brackets could be higher 
in retirement. Don't don't assume that. Yeah, I'm not working, so my taxes are going to go down. No, uh, you have you if you have substantial or all of your assets in tax deferreds, that the tax has to be paid. So if you're only going to be in a thirty percent tax bracket, for example, that means that only seven cents out of every uh, ten uh, seven out of every ten dollars, only seven belong to you. Out of every hundred, only seventy dollars mm-hmm. belong to you. I mean, you get the point right. here. So you're not working with ten cent, ten cents uh, out of every dime, or a hundred cents out of every dollar. You're only working with seventy cents. And so that now, how how do we plan uh, around that? Uh, Social Security is likely to be taxable. Uh, whether it's at 50% or at 85%. So maybe the Social Security is only going to represent 15% of your income. Again, it's imperative that we know what the gapping is. So we, we need to do a tax analysis based on your retirement assets. Now, admittedly, this is a very fine line that advisors who, who, who do retirement tax tax work. We're not preparing your tax return. And of course, we want to talk uh, with your tax preparer or your CPA or your enrolled agent uh, to to have them review it and get their blessing on it. Or if they find some area that that they are questioning, then then to dig into that so that we can make sure we're all on the same page. But the point is uh, that you need to know how much spendable income uh, you're going to you're going to have and then again, based on the spending pattern, when do we need this money? Do we need more money up front? Do we need less money in the center? In, in, you know, in between uh, seventy-two and, and seventy-three, and let's say eighty or eighty-one, eighty-two, and then do we need more spending uh, after that, primarily for medical and and, and healthcare? Uh, I, people don't pay. <clears throat> excuse me. People don't pay enough attention. Uh, to to the cost of, of medical care and the cost of prescription drugs and, and the cost of uh, of memory care and um, because dementia is a very real uh, issue that that is just not properly uh, addressed and then, and then there are other uh, medical expenses that that are just consistent with aging so I mean we we have this now uh, are you going to underspend overspend when is all of this going to uh, occur. All of this has to be worked out uh, through the budget, through the taxes, through the spending, through the spending pattern. Yeah. And then you have to figure out um, legacy. Uh, that's another thing your plan does address is their legacy wishes. Yes, we, we do. Uh, in, our, in the software that we use, it will tell you how much of a legacy you're leaving. And then you have to decide, uh, do you want to leave it for your kids, your grandkids? Um a particular charity, uh, a not-for-profit, a, a, a college, a high school, a, a church, a synagogue, a mosque, whatever it might be. Uh, or uh, do, do you want to spend right down to the last dollar uh, yeah. and, and not leave any legacy? Some people whatsoever? do. Yes, that's right. So, uh, or do you want, or a lot, now a lot of, uh, there's another thing that's worth pointing out um, for millennials, uh, there, there's been, there's a lot of change there. They they tend to want to give one when they're alive and and less in, less uh, after they are deceased. So leg, legacy does not have to be done at death. It, it can be done uh, while you're still alive. Our our software 
uh, can encompass what you leave, what your residual estate is going to be for your, your legacy, but it can also encompass gifting uh, during your own lifetime. So uh, again, that's uh, that's up to the individuals. Well, let's look at the, the next thing. A good comprehensive retirement plan should or question that it should answer. What should you do with your 401k balances and RMDs? Should you consider converting any rollover IRA savings to a Roth? Well, that, that, here, here is where it really gets complicated. Um, number one, are you are you going to work? Are you going to work, um, you know, past 65, past age 70? Are you uh, a 5% owner or not, a f- or, or, or have no ownership uh, in, the, in, in the company? Do you have to take RMD? In other words, do you have to take RMDs? Um, you, you will from an IRA, whether you're working or not, or, or whether you're at the 5% ownership test. You may not uh, have to do that from the 401k. Roths make an awful lot of sense um, because you want to intersperse the, the non-tax uh, income that comes from the from the Roth. Um, they, they're they a great asset uh, for to be inherited uh, because they, you, you can generally you can you can wait the full 10 years before you have to take the, the money out. In a, you can take it out at that point in a lump sum to give you time to grow that money. Um, there are other you know options that get more sophisticated with trust planning, but uh, these, these are some basic things. And also, it depends on your income. You know, there are backdoor Roths, uh, backdoor, you know, backdoor IRAs, back, well, really backdoor IRA to Roth. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's way too complicated to try to do uh, here. But there's a whole process that you can you can go through. And um, I mean, these, these are these are pretty, pretty basic Um you know the, the the whole IRA such the whole excuse me the whole four hundred one k situation has become very very confusing because of what Congress has has been doing where you can take loans borrow all sorts of stuff out of the four hundred one k have have an annuity option uh, in it um, th- this this sort of twisting this into a pretzel to do things that it was that it was never intended. Uh, to do. Uh, frankly, I would not be totally surprised uh, to see uh, at some point some effort at converting Social Security into a European or Australian type system where the Social Security is intertwined into a defined benefit plan with the Social Security uh, being the, the uh, COLA piece. Hmm. Uh, it hasn't worked anyplace else, but I, but I, I wouldn't be surprised huh. to see it because, because you, corporations are not going to go back to the defined benefit mm-hmm. uh, plan. They, they don't want any piece of that. They un- offloaded that to the government. Most yeah. of them did. So, but I, I do think we're going to have to serious, we have to have a serious conversation about Social Security, about its complexity, about uh, how it how how it is uh, how it disadvantages higher earners, how it is um, uh, primarily a vehicle for lower earners. I'm not saying good, bad, or indifferent. I'm simply saying we need to have an honest conversation about that. And unfortunately, uh, the way Congress works, it just doesn't seem to be enough. Uh, bandwidth available uh, with every other contingency that's going on out there. 
Yeah, it's a lot, definitely. Well, so, I mean, just looking at, we've looked at a, a lot of the things and not even everything that a comprehensive retirement plan should should uh, address and the questions it should have the answers for. And really what it boils down to is also, it's just that income, Fred. I mean, how do you build in what looks like a pension, feels like a pension, could even be possibly better than a pension? Well, th- that that is using... Uh annuity and and uh, we we do we do a session on, on annuities on fixed in, in, index annuities we explain what they what they do what they don't do and how they can be used very effectively uh, for income and it's really a question of what you want your income to do for you the fixed index annuity is very very effective uh, oftentimes it can outperform uh, the, the single premium deferred annuity even, or, or, and often the, the immediates. And so some of the fixed index annuities can provide uh, immediate income, but they can provide a growth option. I mean, they're, they're very, very uh, effective. Now, people will say, oh, I don't like annuities, blah, blah, blah. Well, I never heard of anybody calling up the Social Security Administration and saying, I don't want my annuity check because that's what you get exactly. every month. Give it back. Right. If you don't want it. Isn't that what no. means pension and Social Security, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what a pension is. It's a, it, it's an income annuity. So the, the uh, that's the most effective thing uh, that, that you can do to, to at least get uh, a portion of uh, of your of your income. I mean, if, if you have only three percent of your income coming from uh, an annuity, you're in a you're in a very dangerous situation because you're going to have to spend down your assets, and that's the thing that we're trying we're trying to avoid heavy dependence on on the market. Um, you know, uh, there there are a lot of dividend paying stocks out there. I'm not knocking them. Uh, but some of the companies that paid the highest dividends uh, are companies that don't lo- exist any longer or have gone through, have had to go through reorganization. Uh, Eastman Kodak is a great example. They had a very high dividend, and, and you can look this up. Um, and, um, and, and but they never altered their business. I mean, the film business was disappearing, but they hmm. were still, still paying the dividend. Um, AT&T, the old AT&T, yeah. when, when it was the Long Lines company, uh, they paid a great dividend. I mean, people bought AT&T. That was, that was the Widows and Orphans play. Eastman Kodak, AT&T, General Electric. Now they uh, seem dated, you know. Yeah. Those. Yeah, but th- those were, those were the IBM. Those were, those were the U.S. Steel, DuPont. I mean, yeah. you know, DuPont doesn't exist as an independent company. Uh, any longer. I mean, that, that's just one example. Uh, AT&T is Southern Bell. Uh, they're not the long lines company. They're, they're, they're a, uh, you know, a cell phone company today. I, I, I'm, not, I, I, I'm not knocking dividends. I'm simply saying you have to be careful. Dividends are not guaranteed. You don't know. You have to see, are they cumulative mm-hmm. or non-cumulative? Um, What's what is the financial condition of that of that company? I mean, I can talk. I mean, there are Korean companies that that uh, their ADRs trade here. They're paying fourteen percent dividends. I mean, if if you're a professional investor, you might want that in your portfolio. But you know, if you're uh, 
if you're an average investor and you have three quarters of a million dollars to invest, is that where you want to be? Well, so that, yeah. yeah. And the, you know, another thing is, and, and this is a longer conversation, but uh, you know, when you when we we when we count assets, we really need to count home equity, um, and and you have to make decisions about do you, do you want to get rid of your mortgage? Do you want to take it into retirement? Do you want to tap equity? Do you, if you want to uh, age in place, uh, what is required in order to make the house livable for you to be able to do that? What are the services you're going to need? These, these are all planning questions that have to be, uh, that have to be addressed. A lot. It's a lot. It really is. I mean, and that's why, and I'll direct you to the website again, moneymattersusa.net. I mentioned the red light program. That's red light on the dashboard. But uh, also uh, learn about, well, the, the resources available. Learn about the whole process, uh, Fred being a fiduciary, uh, planning for widows and divorcees. It, it's just a lot at the website, moneymattersusa.net. And you can also call 800-593-8188. 800-593-8188. Yeah, my dad worked for, um, at the time, it was uh, when I was very little, it was called the Telephone and Telegraph Company. Uh, <laughs> and it was yeah. the phone company. And yeah. he passed away in 1994. So uh, if I could speak to him today, he would be so shocked at the very few people who have, he wouldn't even understand the concept. He, he would be like, you're telling me nobody's got a phone in their house? And I'd have to explain, yeah. no, uh, we have these devices we just carry with us now, and yeah. that acts as the home phone. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, yeah, yeah, it's amazing how things change and be can become dated. Things that you don't expect to uh, become dated even do now. Everything's advancing so rapidly. Well, Fred, a pleasure as always, and uh, thank you for listening. As we mentioned, this is every week. This is this podcast is delivered. We drop it every Friday, and thanks so much for being a part of it. Uh, again, don't forget the website, moneymattersusa.net, and we'll see you next week for another edition. It'll be 120 for Money Matters USA. Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.